follow the same format as before um different people will share each morning um you've got me this morning way uh, hey. so let's pray, <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> heavenly father god of the ages god of history time and space we were created by you and for you we need you this day would you come afresh upon us and change us we pray in jesus name amen Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to explore different aspects of God's splendor this week. Apparently, um, I was reading that one of the signs, and I recognize it myself, that... Um... Oh. Tim, you're muted. I can't hear you. Where have we gone? Okay, let me try that. Try again? Yeah. yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, one of the signs in life that uh, you're getting slightly older and wiser um, is that you spend longer meditating and thinking about what's wrong with the world and what you can do about it. One of the temptations as we get older and have a whole lot of experience is that we become more like observers on life rather than participants in this life. I don't know about you, but seeing the story of Captain Tom walking around his garden to raise, I think, I think I'm right to say it's about 26 million so far, 99 years old, a lifetime of service behind him. And still you see in him a, a fire that burns to make a contribution to do something about what's wrong in the world. It is actually an extraordinary picture for us. In the West, it's fashionable um, to, for social commentators who have spent their time thinking about the Enlightenment over the last 400 years, where we talk a lot about progress, about reason and science and learning, and look at our achievements. But we struggle a bit to look at our failures, to think about darkness, to think about how we become some of the more challenging parts of our world. So where are we with bringing answers to some of the eternal problems in life? Why do we struggle so much to face up the pain of our mortality and death? Why is there so much conflict as we struggle to deal with our differences? Why deep down do we still so struggle with our own selfishness and our greed, struggling with our own sins and the sins of others? Why is there so much loneliness and longing for love still in the world? Why is it that we struggle so much to turn darkness into light? How do we do right when so much is wrong? Where do we get the power? Where do we find the, the hope for transformation and for change? 
Isaiah paints a stunning picture of transformation, of the splendour of the work of God's Spirit. God's Spirit is active and dynamic, not passive in the darkness, but changing darkness to light. I don't know about you, but I love the prophets. I love the straight speaking and the clear speaking that we find in the prophetic books. I love the fact that they treasure what God thinks, what God wants, and what God says. The prophet's concerns are slightly different to the teacher's concerns. There's an urgency and an immediacy to the prophet's concerns. God has something to say to us now. And what we find, and sometimes if you read through the prophets in the Old Testament, they're incredibly harsh and full of kind of doom. The prophets are also longing to see a turning, longing to get us back towards God, towards his kingdom, to be redemptive and to save us from the fullness of our human condition. The words we read uh, are from Isaiah 61 were written, bear in mind, nearly, nearly 3,000 years ago. Isaiah prophesied in the 8th century BC, combining prophecies, as you'll read, of great hope, but also of doom. This last section in the book of Isaiah shows God bringing comfort and hope to his people. That even in chaos, even in exile, even in difficulty, God is about his work of bringing restoration. God will act and we, we will re-establish his righteousness. I know what for me, one of the most beautiful pictures of the spirit of God at work are the stories of lives changed in our lives. I don't know about you, but when I hear someone share a story of what God has done for them, it's amazing in building our faith. The Holy Spirit is dynamic, active, changing. God is at work by his spirit, even in the places, and actually very much in the places where righteousness looks impossible. God is able by his spirit. So what is the splendour of God's spirit at work in? These are the verses from Isaiah 61. What do we see? We see that the poor aren't ignored. They're actually honoured with news, good news that's preached to them. We see that the brokenhearted are healed and broken, that they're put back together and binding up their wounds. We see that the captives are set free, released. We see those who are consumed by the darkness as prisoners find release. We find those who are mourning that the spirit brings comfort. That where there are ashes, devastation, that God brings a crown of beauty. Where there's mourning, the oil of gladness. And where a spirit of despair has sat over us, God will give us, by his spirit, a garment of praise. So what's the spirit doing in these 
beautiful verses. Spirit's bringing life where there's death. The Spirit's bringing life where there's death, transforming broken lives. Remember, these are the words that Jesus spoke at the inauguration of his public ministry. And these provide hope for us today, too, that the same spirit that in Isaiah's time, the same spirit of Jesus is the same spirit today. So do we want, do we long for the work of God's spirit in our own life, but also in others' lives too? Do we believe that if we're going through grief, that God can restore joy to us? That where actually some parts of our life we are ashamed of, may feel dirty, filthy, and unclean. We are addicted in certain parts. Do you believe that God can bring beauty where there are currently ashes? Christians have and still do often live with secret places of guilt, of shame, and a sense of unworthiness. But actually one of the most amazing things in the message in Christianity is that we don't ignore those dark places. But we ask the Spirit of God to come in resurrection power. He wants to make things right where we can't do it ourselves, where we're out of power, out of strength to be able to do what we know we want God to do. So do we need resurrection in our lives? I said before, as we come to a conclusion, Christians are not defined by the fall, by all that's broken, but we're offered the gift of life, the blessing and anointing of the Spirit of God upon our lives in and through the gift of Jesus for a fresh outpouring of power. Maybe that's what we really need, freed from bondage and slavery, to live radiantly among the nations. Because when we do receive his spirit, a transformation occurs. Isaiah speaks that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Strong, beautiful and useful, a glorious testimony to the splendor of God. Because it's only the Spirit of God that can darkness into light, not just by human work, but actually by the Spirit of God at work in us. So I wonder as we think about this this morning, what story do we have to tell of God turning our rags into riches? What story are we telling of the ongoing work of transformation in our lives? that speak of the splendour of God's nature, of God's character, and of God's goodness. Of a growing love, a growing peace, a growing self-control, a growing kindness to one another. The thing is, we can't earn and work for God's spirit. We simply have to receive the gift that God gives to us and allow God to get to work in us. So let's not give up in this season post-Easter to Pentecost. 
to continue to ask for God to come and to fill us. The display of his splendour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again this morning in my own life that you don't see what I see, that your ways are higher than my ways, your thoughts beyond my thoughts. We ask afresh that you would fall upon us, that you would bring your life to us, even in some of the desert places and the dark places of our life, and that we'd see your transforming power. We long to be able to tell stories of your transformation and your goodness. Not just because of what we can do, but because of what you are doing in and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen.